Hello, and welcome to Stockport, and to the bunker. I'm Phil Peak, and thank you for joining us. This is Flowing Backwards, with my good friend Ian for Candles Moss. Hello, good day to you. My name is Ian for Candles. I've been invited down to my good friend Phil's bunker beneath the earth of Stockport. Um, he's invited me along to talk about my life in music and as there's probably nobody better qualified to do that than myself, um, I've readily uh, agreed. So we're going to do a series of these podcasts and I will try and deal with the things that turned me on and shaped my mind in a chronological order. So today I'm going to talk about the noises that appealed to me in my childhood in the 1960s. Uh, first of all, I'm going to read you a poem to, to illustrate, rather, um, what these noises led to. So this is called Defective. I am defective. I've been defective from birth. The midwife said drown him for what it's worth. This one is edemic from his legs to his lungs. He's not long for this life, he's gonna die young. I am defective, I have feet of clay. I waddle like a penguin down the high street. I've got pains in my bones, I've got pains in my head. He'd be better off dead, somebody said. I am defective, there is no corrective of that fact, I am assured. I am defective, I am not effective, and there is no cure. Progressively I have worsened, I've been diminished by time, my faults multiply, I'm certain that life is a pantomime. If it were a race I'd be slowest, as athletic as a ball of slime, but there's a certainty and I know it, I'm getting close to the finishing line. I am defective, I never ever make the team, and find no comfort within dreams. My attention span is exceedingly short, I can't even read the books that I've bought. I am defective, I am really not much use, nobody loves me and I suffer abuse. I was the bully boy's target and their spiteful tongues, they ripped me, they hit me, they treated me wrong. I am defective. There is no corrective. I've known that for a long while. I am defective. I am not effective. Every minute of life is a trial. Um, that's pretty much my worldview. And um, it was shaped very early on. Um, I always had a liking for the melancholy. I suppose the first music that I was aware on would be played on a Saturday morning in children's favourites. I can't remember who the presenter was. I know Ed Stewart did it later on. But the first song that really struck me was Puff the Magic Dragon. Um, and it might seem like a cheerful little number, but it isn't. It's infused with sadness and melancholia. You know, it's, it, uh, it's, it's dealing with ageing and death, ultimately. And that made a huge impression on me. And, and so it went. And I also like the narrative within a songs. If songs told me stories, they tended to 
excite my mind. I could visualise things. And so from the pop music sphere, as I got became a little bit older, you know, things like uh, Roy Orbison and Gene Pitney appealed to me greatly. You know, 24 Hours from Tulsa, there's so much drama in it. Roy Orbison singing It's Over. Wow, these things really, really captured something. And there was something so bleak and adult that I couldn't quite understand, obviously, you know, because I was um, five or six years old. But, um, but they affected me deeply. Your baby doesn't love you anymore Golden days before the end Whisper secrets to the wind I became aware of pop I was um, in Hyde which was then in Cheshire although the boundary changes mean it's no longer in Cheshire it's now in Greater Manchester and I was with an aunt uh, my aunt Annie who was 
very, very austere. And, and she may well have been younger than I am now, but she seemed incredibly old. And the house was very, very ordered. It was a house where I sat uncomfortably, fearing um, that I'd disturb something if I moved and that um, there would be some fierce, horrific retribution. Anyway, the one uh, bright spot of this visit to my Aunt Annie's house was the radio was playing, or the wireless in the scullery, as you would um, say in those days. And the Beatles played. The Beatles playing A Hard Day's Night. And it was just so revolutionary to my ears the the noise it seemed spontaneous and joyful and it was incongruous in those surroundings but it filled me with um, an enthusiasm that has never gone away it's been a hard day's night and i've been working like a dog it's been a hard day's night i should be sleeping also recall being uh, in Manchester um, perhaps probably almost certainly before I'd heard a hard day's night with my parents and the Beatles were playing a concert at the palace on Oxford Road and there was these 
gangs of predominantly teenage girls, but boys as well, dressed differently than boys and girls I'd seen. These were teenagers, which was a new phenomenon. And they were racing up and down the streets, um, screaming from the top of the lungs uh, at rumours that the Beatles had driven past or were about to appear. It was terribly exciting, terribly exciting. How could you not be seduced by that? Yes, it sent me off. It sent me off on, on a journey that has never stopped. Um, Top of the Pops, obviously, was the place where my musical atti attitudes were, sh were shaped a lot. And what I found was, was strange. I didn't like the most popular things amongst my peers, even at that age, which tended to be cheerful and made by very good-looking people of either sex. I liked ugly people, I realised. Uh, I remember seeing the Rolling Stones and thinking, wow, these are really, really ugly. And, I, and that fascinated me. They seemed to have long faces like horses and they didn't smile. And, and that was terribly seductive that that darkness and 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 i and i went that way i mean i hated herman's hermits you know because they smiled too much i hated the dave clark five you know it was so resolutely cheerful i didn't like it i liked things that would make my mind wander i remember a big record for me was um the Legend of Xanadu by Dave D, Dozy Beaky, Mick and Titch, who again were quite ugly, but they had this whip, and that was fascinating stuff. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, another, another act who um, are certainly not considered cool these days, but who I absolutely loved, and, and again, they were... My parents would have approved of them because they had beautiful harmonies and um, lovely melodies in the song. But I loved the Seekers. Um, the, the Seekers, the carnival is over, which, um, again, is infused with such sadness, you know, and it is a, a funeral dirge almost you know even um hey there georgie girl again it's about loneliness isn't it and it's it's about um a kind of mental instability that can only be cured through retail therapy you know from from what i got from it um they they were big to me as as a kind of under seven Falling rain for the 
it, I wasn't always so, so so sad, you know. I wasn't kind of a, a, a suicidal um, child or anything. I mean, I, I remember hearing uh, Millie's "My Boy Lollipop," which is obviously my first exposure, and and the country as a whole's first exposure to reggae music of a sort, you know. And it was just so effervescent. I still absolutely love. There is so much sheer joy and boundless energy in Minnie Small's delivery. And that was a kind of wonderful, wonderful thing. father my father my father didn't really like music and so because he was he was old um before his time he'd been born in the 1920s into depression um in 1943 he was 18 and sent across to the other side of the world to fight in a world war and life had been harsh for him and and so as rock and roll came it it can. It was too frivolous, I suppose. You know, he liked. Um, if he liked anything, he liked the, the people like Mario Lanza. I remember him having a a box set of Mario Lanza records that rarely got played, thank goodness, because they were absolutely awful. But my mother encouraged myself and my brother's musical taste. She loved music. She she would. Um, sing along to certain hits of the day. I remember my mother um, was very big into A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum, which didn't really do it for me, but but there you go. One that we did agree on, and, and a, 
and and I love it still. I love it very very much. Was um, Mark Wirtz excerpt from a teenage opera, and there were so you know and stories. I love stories, you see, and and so this story of of um, this grocer who is taken for granted and ignored and ultimately commits suicide, um, much to the consternation of the village who want their eggs and cream delivered, left a remarkable impact on me. It 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 showed me that you can write about. Not not just the nice boy meets girl falls in love things. You can write about deep and dark emotions, um, and I suppose that if if that might be one of the the most uh, formative of my influences as a writer, as obsessed with that, and and of course it was an excerpt from a teenage opera. How I long to hear the rest of the teenage opera. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen until uh, in the CD era, somebody put it all together and I must confess it was a crushing disappointment, but so it goes, eh?
a Sunday morning, bright and clear. Lovely flowers decorate a marble square. People cry from walk away, think about the fateful day. Now they wish they'd given Jack more affection and respect. The little children dressed in black don't know what's happened to old Jack. Things were changing. That was the start of um, psychedelia, uh, although psychedelia didn't particularly exist in working-class northern suburbs. Um, it bypassed us. It might have happened in Chelsea uh, in the UK, but you know there wasn't much much need for it in uh, in, in the industrial north. Um, Nonetheless, it did create some wonderful music. So that pretty much rounds up my ramblings about the early 60s and the mid-60s and what first appealed to me. Um, of, of course, there, were, there was other music such as um, the cartoons and the puppet shows which were very much um, to my liking, um, Captain Pugwash and uh, the Magic Roundabout and, of course, the Singing Ringing Tree all absolutely fascinated me and had musical scores of the, the, the highest quality. But anyway, I digress. Um, thank you for sharing this time with me, if you have done, if you've turned off, uh, you won't hear me saying I don't blame you. Um, we're going to do more of these features. And so um, next week, I would imagine I will be speaking about leaving junior school, stepping into the big world of a northern comprehensive and uh, meeting new people with different tastes hearing new different music, the dawning for me of reggae, the sounds of 
downtown Kingston, Jamaica, the Motown sound and its aftermath in Seoul, lots of exotica, going to see the first bands that turned me into this rock and roll monster that I am not. Um, it's, it's all fun, isn't it? Music really should be fun. People so often take it all too seriously. And the whole point of music is fun. It can be used to make great points, but we should enjoy it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me. I'd like to thank Phil for his indulgence from down here in the bunker. And if we survive, um, which I'm sure we will, um, if there's a nuclear bomb gone off outside, outside, I'm sure Phil and I and the cockroaches will emerge blinking into um, a brave new world anyway. So, for now, good day to you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thanks for that, Ian. Uh, that was an interesting insight into your strange but informative mind there. So, next episode puts Mr. Moss in the 70s. If you would like to contact us at Flowing Backwards, you can do so on our email address, contact at flowingbackwards.co.uk. You can also leave a friend request and a message on our Facebook page. Just look for Flow Backwards.